Welcome, everybody, to the MLB show, the IBN MLB show, formerly known as Full Count. I have with me uh, Jason Gilmartin and Brian Malone. You guys can't see it, obviously, because it's not on video, but Brian Malone's wearing a Yankee uh, shirt, and I'm disgusted. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's on video. (laughs) Sick of them. Um, so we had some some things go on uh, during this the brief break that we took. Uh, yeah. One of the top stories was uh, the firing of Joe Girardi, um, which I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but I think we all saw that coming. Yes, I think we did. I think I was a, a little surprised only because they did so much to overhaul that team, and I just don't know that they – you know, 57 games or what was it? 51 games is enough time to really be like, Hey, is this working yet? But at the same time, he really hadn't shown anything in three years with that payroll. So might be time to move on like they did. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say, I agree with that. They spent a lot of money and I think they just kind of reached the point. Like you said, it's not just this year. It's over the last two seasons as well, where they're just like, look, we spent, you know, 300 something million dollars on Bryce Harper and we've spent, you know, money left and right. Like, and the, the, the roster really isn't, it's not great, but it's not, they're not terrible. Like they've, they've, they've got talent. So. Yeah. No, I mean, they do, you know, and like, like you say, you spend money, you brought in Harper, Cassiano, Schwarber, JT Realmuto. I mean, they, they brought in a lot of talent to this team and, you know, it's interesting because I think we're going to talk about Madden as well. They both took over their teams in the COVID shortened years. Um, and you would hope that you'd see some progression. Um, and you just haven't really seen it from either from either franchise, specifically with this Girardi situation. You know, they're eight and one since he got fired. So, like, was it a clubhouse thing? Really? I mean, I'm not really also makes me wonder, like, is this team coming together post Girardi's era? Yeah, it's interesting that you would say that, uh, because um a lot of the comments by the players is they just keep harping on the communication that they get now from the interim head coach or interim manager. Yeah. Um, guys just saying like, you know, they, they now know who's going to be playing. They know why they're not playing and things like that. And that it's uh, giving them more confidence. Yeah. That, that old school mentality for Girardi, I guess just doesn't, doesn't work in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> You know, some of these guys can get across even in their, you know, their old old style games. And I'm, I, I don't know. I would think I, Gerard would be one of those guys, but. I just feel like that doesn't, that shouldn't come up with a team with Castellanos, Harper, Schwarber, and Real Muto. Like at this point, those guys are veterans. Like it shouldn't bother them that their manager is, is a tool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with that. It, it, like, they should be able to – they're professionals. They know what it is. Like, they've been in the league long enough to know. Like, you're not always going to get along with everybody, but you still have to go out there and do your job. Dude, in the yep. funniest news of the season so far, Joe Madden reportedly got a mohawk to to motivate his team to end the 12-game skid. That's and wild. He was, and he was fired. Before the team got to see the Mohawk, I want to see the Mohawk. Can, I wonder if he has there been any pictures? Has, has there been anything? I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen him either. I haven't seen it either. I, I need a picture, man. He's 68 years old getting the Mohawk only to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what's worse, that or what, what happened to Clint Frazier, where he decided to start talking a bunch of trash before the Yankees series, and the Cubs cut him two hours before the game. I didn't even see that one. They asked Cliff Frazier about the Yankee series, and he's talking all kinds of trash, and he can't wait to play him. And then the Cubs cut him oh, two man. hours before the game. <laughs> oh, Lord, he, his fall Jeez. from grace started uh, when when he was pretty much not abiding by the rules that the Yankees have established for everybody. I mean, when your first big media press conference, really, you start saying, hey, you need to unretire Mickey Mantle's number. Like, it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're not doing well. Right, right. <laughs> now, I will say that the um, the Angels didn't have the same turnaround as the Phillies did after they fired their manager. Yeah. But can can somebody just save my guy Mike Trout at this point? Like, just give him a mercy cut or something. Well, I think it's crazy because we all thought like turn it around. They're winning. They've got pitching. Like Syndergaard looks good, and then they lose twelve in a row, and now they're below 500 or right around 500 and they're just it looks like the same old angels and i think that's really the thing is it looks like the same old angels so to me this firing was actually the least surprising of the two because at some point what you have to make a change in an environment like that like yes it's only madden's third year as well and yes trout was hurt last year and there's reasons but this team should be winning they have talent I mean, Otani and Trout and Syndergaard and Rendon and, you know, all these guys. They're getting getting a great season out of of like a guy like Taylor Ward, who nobody knew when the season started and he's playing out of his mind this year. Like, yeah, you know, this, this team should be winning, you know, Jared Walsh, you know, not a bad, not a bad player too. So I just, you know, at some point, yeah, this is a situation to me where you, you make a change at the top to try to shake things up and, and hope that you get that, that jolt from someone um, haven't seen it yet. Only six games in, but you know, I think, I think they can be, I mean, there's no other team in that West other than Houston to, to contend with. So I see no reason why they can't turn it around some with some, some different guidance. Um, but it's interesting about Madden to me. I feel like he wears out his welcome in places pretty like it's once it's, once it's done with him, it's like, it's time to move on and you move on quick. Right. <clears throat> yeah. He, no, he definitely seems to be like a quick move. You know, yeah, it's like once, like you said, once it's uh, it's done, it's done. I mean, I'll call it for what it is. It's a gimmick, essentially. Like he's, he's bit. got, yeah. he's he's got his thing, and then there's nothing else after that. So, uh, you you ride the wave while you can, and then when it's time to cut ties, it's just time to cut ties. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't uh, even bring the the Showalter luck to the team where they win championships after he leaves. So, you know, <laughs> you know, what, you know what's he good for? Teams that you can depend on to, to be amazing in April and terrible every month after that. The Angels, the Mariners, um, let's see, the Rockies, uh, the Orioles, like they're all the same team. Like they, they do this every freaking year, and and the Angels, I just I just always give hope to because of Mike Trout, but it's looking like my guy's never gonna get his chance unless he's like fifty and the Yankees sign him. Matt Carpenter two point Yeah, I mean it's a possibility. It's a possibility. So we've talked about two different 
managerial styles. Um, but the oldest fart of them all, Tony Larusa, is back in the news again. Tony Larusa being Tony Larusa, it wasn't the controversy of pretty much having the um, stand for the flag stance, which you expect that in baseball and, and anybody over sixty uh, at this point. Anyway, it was um, with a call that he made. Uh, so. The White, the White Sox were playing the Dodgers. Uh, they were trailing 7-5 in the sixth inning. And Larusa elected to walk Trey Turner on a 1-2 count. So they had two strikes on the guy. One ball. And he elected to walk him to do a lefty versus lefty uh, with Max Muncy. Muncy hit a three-run homer. And the White Sox ultimately lost 11-9. Now, LaRusso's logic behind it um, is statistically based, apparently. He yeah, said yeah, I that, saw that. I, yeah, I saw Muncy that. was hitting from the left hand, uh, hitting against left-handers, uh, 125. Turner is a tough hitter with no strikes, one strikes, two strikes. Uh, I think he's batting over 300 or something like that with two strikes on him. But is that really how people think? Is that where we are now in I baseball? Mean, I was just saying, I, I think it's a dumb move just from the standpoint of Trey Turner is probably the fastest player in the league or one of the three fastest players in the league. And so you just – anytime he gets on base, whether there's a runner in front of him or not, like even if, if Max Muncy had hit a single, they both score. You know what I mean? It's like you can't put Trey Turner on base. You have to make Trey Turner earn it because once he gets on base, he can make you pay for it quickly. And more than that, this is what bothers me even more. It was one and two because the one ball was a wild pitch that let the runner go from first to second. So why – what's the difference between a runner on first and a runner on second to walk Turner? Like, if you don't want to pitch to if you don't want to pitch to the guy, just put him on. How many, and go to I mean, if, there were, if there was – if there's one out, like, and then trying to set up a double play, but it's Trey Turner. You know what I mean? It's so hard to get a double play turned on a guy like Trey Turner. That's the thing. No, I know. Like, so that's yeah, what I'm saying. I, like, I if you're going like, to walk him – just walk them right away and go to have as soon as you, you know, just put runners on first and yeah, second yeah. and pitch to Muncie. If that's your idea, just do it from the start. Don't give me this. Oh, it's oh, now that it's one and two, I'm suddenly going to do this thing. Like it didn't make sense. It any, and, and I feel like he tried to talk himself out, like talk his way out of it with all these advanced stats that I don't even trust that he has ever looked at. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, man. I swear that's what I was thinking. Right. Was somebody like, told him that before he went up there. Like, no way he knew that during the game. Somebody told no. him that when he went up there. No. Are you are you really telling me your old stuck-in-your-way self is going to gonna give a base to a guy with two strikes on him that's not like a Barry Bonds or Albert Pujols? Like, this is what we've come to in baseball? No. <laughs> no, I, I don't believe it one bit. Like, no. White Sox are 27 and 29. They're five games out of first place. Um, actually, that might need to be updated because this article is a little outdated. Let me see what they're looking at. They're thir- 28 and 31, and they're five and a half games out of first place. So not much has changed. Um, but if you put this division – the AL Central, which I think in our first episode I talked about how basically nobody pays attention to it. But if you put this division on paper, there is no way that you come up with the White Sox being behind the Indians. You shouldn't. But 
here we are, you know, because is it LaRusso? I'm not sure. I, I think, I think the bats are a little bit overrated in Chicago personally, but they should be better than 28 and 31. They had yeah, a three hundred I mean, hitter last year, and they let him go because Larusa was a tool. Well, yes, that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> with that pitching staff and the bullpen, like they should be winning a lot more games. Like now, there is like Lucas Giolito has been even worse than Garrett Cole since the sticky stuff came off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that the people haven't really noticed, but he's been terrible. I think I saw something the other day. He lost like an average of like. 260 RPMs on his pitches since Yikes. they cracked down on the sticky stuff. So, like, there is – there was – obviously, he was one of them, but still, like, Dylan Cease is still really good. Like, obviously, you lose Radon, but, like, yeah. the pitching staff still really, really good, and they should be they should be better than two games under 500. They should be, although they still were tr- – they were trotting Dallas Kike off there every f- five days, which I didn't know why they, they kept doing that for as long as they did. So I think that hurt them a lot in the beginning too. I mean, the guy had an eight ERA after eight starts. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Um, like you said, Giolito hasn't been great. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at their bullpen a little bit more to kind of see if it's there. But because I was looking at some of their, I mean, they've always been expecting that. you know guys like Crochet to to pitch pitch out of the pen, and he's been pitching pretty well this year. And they've still got Liam Hendricks. Like, yeah, the bullpen's the bullpen's decent. Like, it's definitely it's one of the I would say it's probably top ten bullpen in the league. But if your starting pitching is is that bad, though, you typically don't even get to see it, which is unfortunate. So, I don't know, I don't know what they can do. Um, but I mean, they they don't have much time to turn it around because they're what, like I said, they got twenty eight um, wins so far. I mean, you can go down to like the fourth place team in the AL East, and they got thirty two wins. So, so you yeah. gotta you gotta tighten up if you're looking to uh, make the playoffs, um, which it is still relatively early, um, and so this next segment will more so look at the teams that we are thinking need to make some kind of move during the uh, the trade deadline or the middle of the month all-star break. Um, who's a team that has turned the corner hitting into, um, into the middle of June? Well, I mean, I think the obvious one, you know, is, is the Braves. I mean, 12 straight wins, everything's kind of coming together. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I think I think we're seeing a lot of good there, and I think they're a prime candidate type team to, to make a move because they have some situations that need to be improved upon. You know, Albies actually went out today with a broken foot, so you might need to upgrade at second base. I don't know that Orlando RC is the guy. Charlie Morton, all 38 years young of him, has not been the <laughs> not been the ace that they were looking for him to be. Um, so, I mean, they're t- turning the corner, but if they're going to catch the Mets or, or make the playoffs, they're definitely going to have to maybe make, bring a guy or two in. And they have the, the, the uh, farm system to do that with too. So I think they're in a good place that way as well. Hey, hold on Malone, before you say something. I just want to say, as long as we can play the Rockies, the athletics, the pirates and the nationals, and then the Cubs, I mean, it helps. Yeah, if we could get that, like, beginning of the month, every single month, we will most definitely catch the Mets. And that helps, but, you know, I think also some of the confidence growing from that will help them, too, though. Yeah. What about you, Mo? Yeah. I think it's Cleveland. Uh, With the way we talk about the White Sox not being so good, like, I think this Cleveland's 7-3 and in their last 10, like, and they need to add another bat. 
I think, to that lineup behind Jose Ramirez. But if they can move some of the prospects, which we know Cleveland always has, like and get maybe a rent, you know some kind of a rental bat to to give Jose Ramirez some protection in that lineup, like they can they can make a real run at the AL Central. Why do people still pitch to Jose Ramirez? Because this would know. be an opportunity for us to explain to people who he is. Because Cleveland's still technically a small market team, and he doesn't get on TV a lot. Uh, but he's one of the best baseball players in the league yeah. right now. And it's crazy because he, he has been for years. Yeah, for a while. It's been a, it's been a while. It's not just something new with him. Like he's been one of the best players in the league for the last five years, and he's still not really talked about by a lot of people because, like you said, Cleveland's such a small market team are considered to be a small market team. Uh, but, but, I mean, yeah, you even saw that. I think you were the one that telling me about it. Or we, we talked about that clip when they were playing the Royals and Salvador Perez is like, hey, let's walk him. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 go ahead, pitch yeah. to him. And he hits the second home run of the game. <laughs> it makes no sense, yeah. Yeah, they are a good, I think, a good team that's a candidate for for a bat, like you said. Um, maybe, I hate to say something like this, but even like a Trey Mancini or someone from Baltimore is not a great bat, but someone that could plug into that lineup. Mm-hmm. Give him a little bit of protection. I think that'd be good for sure. Yeah, because one thing one thing about this Indians team um, that, you know, I, I'll definitely vouch for is they've got a solid bullpen uh, for the most part. Uh, they got a lot of young arms that are still kind of finding their niche, but they will play some defense, man. Like, Well, and the rotation's good, too. Like, yeah. Beaver's pitching well again. Mm-hmm. Police Axe Beeps. pitching well. Tristan McKenzie's pitching well. My God, Tristan! Like they've got they've got a decent, pretty decent rotation to go with that bullpen too. So I mean, if they're gonna add a nice like a and like you said, like somebody like a Trey Mancini who's a good hitter, like really a, a really good hitter that you can just DH and you may not have to play him in the field every day. Or you can rotate him mm-hmm. in, you know, that could definitely help that lineup. Tim Childers, if you listen to this podcast, I still have it out for you for that Tristan McKenzie little baby. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> so disrespectful, but um, yeah, I, I like that that Indians taking. Like I said, I will vouch for Jose Ramirez being the, the one player that you would want to tune into a game to watch because yeah. again, he's got the glove, he's got the uh, the hustle, and he's he's got an amazing bat right now. And and when I say amazing, it's to me, it's Vlad Guerrero-esque. Like, he'll he'll swing at some pitches that you're just like, dude, what? That's not even a strike. And he'll find a way to put it in play, put it in the yep. gap. Or if you're stupid enough to challenge him with the fastball, he will make you pay. Like, he's the one guy this year that I can say, outside of Aaron Judge right now, you do not want to make a mistake to him. Like, yeah. at all. It will be a homer. Um, and he and he's, he's literally – if they've got 29 wins – you could probably say his bat is good for winning them at least 25 of those 29 games. Like he's been amazing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, who's a team that you guys are seeing starting to fall behind a little? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think we already talked about it, but it's got to be Chicago, right? I mean, they're two games under 500, like we said earlier. The bat, like I agree with Jason. Like they got a lot of young hitters, but they don't have a lot of proven hitters. Like, but outside of Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson, what what real proven you know all star caliber like guys that, that you could name off the top of your head hitters do they really have? I mean, the uh, only other ones really Grandal, and he's below the Mendoza line year after year. Like, right, he's exactly. A power I mean, guy. He's, he's an on base yeah. guy, but 
so, doesn't really I mean, hit for average. I, I, I think Chicago was a team that they they had a lot of things go right for them last year. They won a lot of close games, um, and and that's hard to replicate season to season. Mm-hmm. You know, the the little things are very hard to replicate season to season. Like the one game, win, you know, winning games by one, the like extra inning wins, like all these kind of things. Like they're we always talk about, hey, this team, you know, the team that goes, the teams that go far in the playoffs, and they they win these kind of games, but it's very very hard to do it season over season over season. Yep, I agree with that. For me, it's on the other side, same same division, but in the National League, it's the Central it's, and it's the Brewers. They got mm-hmm. off to a hot start with the the pitcher, the pitching carrying them all the way through with Burns and all those guys, but the bats are, are not there, and I just don't think their pitching is going to be able to carry them much longer at all. Like they're like three and seven in their last ten. Their only saving grace is playing in that god awful NL Central, so they're going to win some games against the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds. But they're not a very good baseball team. The eye test tells me that, and I just don't see them. I, I, I see them fading kind of back more and more as the season goes on. I think that's the Cardinals' division easily. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, know. especially with I was gonna say, especially with Goldschmidt playing the way Goldschmidt's like yeah. looking like old Goldschmidt yeah. and Arenado looking like but, the stud that we know he is. Like and, they, right, and so that's right. So we talk about that being the Cardinals, you know, lineup, and then Rowdy Telez and and. Colton Wong in Milwaukee and that's just not going to get it done. You know, an old Kutch, I love Andrew McCutcheon, but he's old, you know, Kristen Yelich, these guys just, they're not, they're not going to get it done anymore. And, and they don't seem to ever want to improve upon that Milwaukee. They think they can just live off these kind of no name arms that pop up from time to time, but Corbin Burns can only do so much. Don't they have, um, um, backing up, uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Who's that? Isn't Lorenzo Kane the other option uh, besides yes. Andrew McCutcheon? Yes. That's, yes. That's really old. And then, well, and then Hunter Renfro, right, who who yeah. isn't that good anyways either. So the lineup's just not that good. It's you know. not. I was going to say, they haven't even gotten great performances out of anybody but Corbin Burns, really. Woodruff hasn't been as good as he's yeah. been the last couple of years. Freddie Peralta hasn't been as good, like – also so true. Even, I am. Even, even at that point, like the rotation hasn't been as good as it has been. So yeah, I, I can I can yeah. agree. I can see, and with the way that the NL West is going right now, like I could see them finishing second in the Central, but not making the playoffs. Not making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they're plus oh. five in in run differential, and they're six games over five hundred. That's I mean that that's just a recipe for disaster if you if you ask me. Like they're not going to consistently win baseball games when you're only plus five. A couple things here, uh, just to note uh, correction. Arenado playing like the second best third baseman that we know he is. I just want to put that out there. Um, <laughs> I want to apologize to Manny Machado for not mentioning him in a team that's that's doing really well as well. And he's uh, he man. is playing really well too. He because, is well. Although I'm surprised you're not going to give your own third baseman Austin Riley a little love there because he's, he's I actually magic. have no love for Austin Riley. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's because. Uh, Standing beef with uh, Gregory Lee, who, who had the audacity to say he was the best player on the team at any given time <laughs> that Acuna okay, well, had two good legs. <laughs> Pissed me off. Okay, um, well, aside from that, but he is mashing. Yeah. This year, no, he, he has been mashing. And I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to give up on him at one point because he, he went through that little slump where he couldn't hit anything that was like off speed. But he seemed to figure it out a little, and that's great. Um, I hope Chipper is working with him like he works with everybody else as a young talent um, that's willing to listen. Uh, but 
the I mean, who Padres. Wouldn't the, who wouldn't want the the greatest hitter of all time working with them? You know, probably. If you, ask, if you ask good old Kevin Nichols in the group, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was gonna say, but the Padres are are relatively surprising to me uh, that they're maintaining without Tatis. Um, I mean, Musgrove was really yes. good, man. Yeah. Musgrove was really good. He's 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 come a long way. They, I, I'm. I want to say that the Astros actually might have made a mistake with that one. Yeah. How about them? I mean, the Pirates had that had them on the cheap too, and just yeah. moved on from them. Well, they didn't have the spider tag, so you know, <laughs> they, the Pirates have Musgrove, uh, Cole, and um, what's his name, uh, Morton James, at one point, and Jameson yeah. Talion, and, and Talion. Yeah, yeah, I remember Talion and, and Tyler Glass now. Yeah, and Glass now. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of wasted talent. <laughs> I mean, you look at the trade. One of the worst trades I've ever seen was that 2018 Pirates Rays trade. They traded right. oh, uh, yeah, last now, yeah. last now, and, and Austin Meadows and yeah. Shane Baz, Chris Archer, and Shane Baz for Chris Archer. Jeez. Like terrible stuff. I mean, they're notorious for it. I mean, just look around the league. Like mm-hmm. we know he's an old veteran now, kind of. But Josh Bell's raking for the Nationals. Pirates yeah. had him cheap. Yeah. You know, they had yeah. talent, yeah. crazy what, talent. What, which brings me to my next question, in all honesty. And it's more of a personal uh, thing, too, because I've been asked to help coach a baseball team. Is managing a baseball team really that hard? I mean, I look, I sit back and I watch these guys, and I, I understand that the decision-making of it all might be a little difficult. But, like, understanding your players, knowing how to put them in positions to be successful, is it really that hard? Like, I watch Aaron Boone put fucking uh, Aaron Judge at leadoff, and he looks like a genius. <laughs> I'm, right. like, I'm like, one, you should have probably been done that. Uh, two, it's because DJ been kind of hurting out. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, when you actually have talent, is it really that hard to put people in positions to be successful? Because it seems like a lot of, of our managers in today's baseball just don't seem to have it figured out. I mean, I think the thing, right, like this is, and this is just me like speaking on speculation, but I think a lot of it has to do with the manager wants to make that move to get his credit too. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yeah. they're I mean, in their own way. They get in their own way and they're like, Hey, this, this is how I impact the game. This is my way of impacting the game. Like, let me make my mark on the game here instead of just letting players play. I think it's, it's a big thing in college basketball, especially like I, I watch, oh, yeah. and watch a lot of college basketball and the last four minutes of those games take forever because every coach is calling timeout here, run this play, right. do this. Like, and I think it's the same thing with base- baseball managers where they get in their own way and they don't just let the players play sometimes. Sure. I think to a point, yeah, especially at the major league level. I mean, I think, is it hard? No. Is having a collection of world-class talent and just kind of letting them do their thing and you sitting back hard. It can be, I think so. Just because you, like you said, you want to kind of push the buttons. You want to, you want to be known for the guy that that made that call to put Aaron Judge at at lead off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just sitting in the background and doing it. Now, you managing a team at whatever level you might be helping with, it's a pain in the ass. I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually not gonna be like the like, league guy. I'm I love, just, I'm I love coaching. Me. I swear. Like I, do. I love it, and I've done it so much in my life. But it's just, oh god, man. Preteens, teenagers, high school kids. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I got. I got one 13 year old that I help on a regular basis. And I, I like, I'll drill with him for 45 fucking minutes and then he'll get into a game and do everything we talked about not doing. And I think to myself now, put that times nine 
And how yep. would you feel? And that's why I'm just going to help. <laughs> I'm not going to be right. the league. Guy. And not just and not even times nine, but then think about times nine times every pitch. Like, yeah, because it changes from pitch to pitch with them. Like, I'm yeah. like, what are we doing out there? Like, I, it, I um, it, yeah. funny story. Um, helping him uh, with his with his hitting because pitching wise he's fine, but just like a just funny side story. I have been helping this kid on a regular basis since April. I have called him out on seven different swings that he's tried to do from seven different players. And right. every time he'll do it and I'll stop. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he'll be like, so, oh, I saw somebody do it on TV. I'm like, no, you saw so-and-so do it. <laughs> like, right. like I That's specifically it. call out the swing. And right. I'm like, you can't do that. I was like, you right. can't do that because you don't have the fucking basics down, man. <laughs> Which is it's interesting because I know we're way going in a tangent here. But when you yeah. sent that video, I, I was curious about something. Does he have trouble pulling the ball? Uh, yes. 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 I, I could tell right from his swing. And I was going to say it to you in that thing. He he has a very inside. He was very much. It was interesting. I could just tell like he probably his hands in front of the ball all day long. Yeah. A lot of stuff going the other way or popping the ball up. Yeah. And I have good fun. But yeah, definitely way out in front. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, and you can try and try and try. And, and and I should have framed that question as the Davy Roberts question because that's really what it's about. <laughs> a slide at the Dodgers. Yes. All that yes. talent. All that talent. Why? Like you should never, you should never go worse than five and five in a team 10 game span. And you lost the series to the Pirates. Sweat. To the Pirates. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Uh, a player that you guys can think of uh, from both leagues, a uh, position player um, that is turning the corner with their play right now? Mm, I mean, I, I, I think Byron Buxton, who just won Player of the Week, is a good one uh, in the American League. Like He was hitting down around 200. Now he's up to almost 240. Um now, I know he's a very up-and-down player. He's always been a very up-and-down player, but he's one of the best defense – probably the best defensive center fielder yeah. in the league. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, when his bat's going, that dude is as fun as anybody to watch. Like, when you get up there and Byron Buxton's getting on base and he's stealing bases and he's, you know what I mean, making d- diving, leaping catches in the outfield. Like, And, like I said, he's just one player of the week and he's somebody definitely to watch going forward. You know, somebody to check out another one in that AL Central where they might not get as much love as they necessarily should. Uh, and I think in the NL, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt's still the best hitter in the league right now. Like we can talk about turning the corner, but he's just still tearing the cover off the ball every night. Like it, it looks like, you know, 2015 in Arizona all over again. Yeah. Yes. No, he is. He's been hitting the ball really well. Um, I mean, one of my guys was Austin Riley. I was kind of talking about him. He's just, you know, really been, I mean, I think hitting the cover off the ball, making solid contact each and every time out. I actually, <laughs> wasn't even thinking position players earlier when I was doing this, but um, I was brought him, up, <laughs> brought him up earlier. And, uh, you know, uh, God, I hate talking about the Yankees. I know. I was going to say it was going to be Nestor Cortez if it wasn't. Well, we about so, players, so my, so I have another guy in that rotation though, and it's Jameson Talion like that, like yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, he's just been consistently better and better each time out. And that's kind of a scary thought because he's has the talent. He just never really had, been able to put it all together and now he's part of the greatest rotation ever somehow well, I, was just, I think that's something that we all talked about like in the first show people go back and they watch the first show like that's something we all talked about was like 
hey, the Yankees lineup is real iffy, like especially with with, you know, what we saw at the end of last year from Garrett Cole and then Severino, who's been hurt for two and a half years and has thrown like eight innings, literally didn't know what you were getting from him. He's been really, really good as well. Yeah. Tyon, you know, is a year with Alpha Tommy John. So you still didn't know really what you were going to get from him. Jordan Montgomery's been been hurt as well. And just all the – and Nestor Cortez is a, was, you know, a guy who pitched well in a shortened amount of – like a short sample size last year. But, again, you know what I mean? You just didn't know what you were really going to get. And like, they've all just been really, really, really good. It's, it's, it's like I said, like, Tyon's probably been the best one. Like he carried that perfect game, I think, into the eighth inning the other mm-hmm. day. But like so all yeah, of them, he's getting stronger as the year goes on. Yeah, I, I think with uh, Talion would also really kind of set him back. I think he had a, a cancer bout at one point when he was with the Pirates, if I recall. I know he had Tommy John. I know he had Tommy John. Yeah, he definitely yeah, had a Tommy John. He might have had a cancer thing let him too. Because the Yankees picked him up. I mean, he missed the whole season, and the Pirates let him go after his, you know, if he rehabbed his Tommy John, and that's when the Yankees picked him up. Yeah, he had te- testicular cancer. Thank you, Google. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and that was in entering into the 2018 season. I thought that was um, that was like one of the because I remember following him a little because my uncle in, lives in Pittsburgh. But when he first hit the scene as a rookie, I yeah. was like, "Oh, this kid's got some good stuff." And then he ended up getting like like he went away for a while. And they didn't report it at first. But then they did the stand up for cancer thing, and his name was on a sign, and I like Googled it. And so, yeah, I was like, I knew it was something. But uh, yeah, that derailed him a little. Um, but I mean, you know, there's something to be said. I'm not trying to be cliche, but guys who come back from things like that and, and they have to play in a sport that's a mental grind like baseball, mm-hmm. they do get more successful in that in that yep. post-surgery, post-cancer survival thing. You you know, as an Orioles fan, you know that as well. Oh, yeah. Like, like, uh, like yeah, the, yeah. Guys, the guys who find that adversity, get over that hump and come back, have pretty solid careers. Uh, at the, and I think a lot of that is because of the mental hurdle that you go through going through chemo and things like that. Um, like, baseball is nothing. Because, most like, you know, we hear it all the time, the cliche that is mostly mental, but it really is. Like it, yeah. it doesn't take much to get somebody uh, off their game if they have a couple bad swings or if they miss a couple balls and things like that. So um, yeah, he's he's doing great. Um, you guys checked out uh, was it Alicantra from the Marlins, man. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been on him for a while. I've been on him for yeah. a while, man. That, he throws a hundred mile an hour sinker that's got like fifteen inches of yeah. horizontal break Just on it, crazy like, break on it, yeah. Yeah, I've been on Alcantara for a couple of years, and he's finally finding his control. He's not walking guys. I think he's only got like twenty walks on the season and almost sixty innings. Like he's he's really good, man. He is really good. I just feel bad because um, there was Trevor Rogers. That's who it was. I just knew he was the best pitcher on their roster. I was hyped awful him. this year. Yeah, he's been awful this year. Damn lefties, you can't trust them. Yeah, no, you can't. They've got another great year yeah. to Pablo Lopez. Like that's, I think that's something else we talked about in the beginning was like that rotation. But it's been the same issue that we talked about where they can't hit. Mm-hmm. They've got Jazz Chisholm, but like other than that, and and he has so bad. I mean, he's like hitting like one fifty this month. Like, yeah, his last thirty games, he's not even hitting. That's a team that you know. I know you talked about them early on, first couple shows that they're just they're not. They're definitely not there. No. Yet. No, 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 they're not. 
they need they just they truly need like support from their front office like they need somebody that believes in the organization that can be like they believe that the Marlins can be successful I feel like Jeter didn't really think that they could be successful and then he gave away like two MVPs and and Azuna and, and a <laughs> shit ton of other stuff. Like he literally yeah, just Muto, gave it away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Muto, Muto, yeah. who would, who at that time was regarded as one of the best catchers in the league. Probably the best. I mean, yeah, best like it's time, like, it's it's like, dude, like some of that's kind of you're doing, but um, they they seem to again acquire talent, um, and and find a way to uh be within their budget, which is really really small, and be competitive. But, like, that's not enough to win. And uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about before we, we close the show is, like, uh, people don't realize that I think, like, the NFL has a pretty big um, revenue sharing thing. Like, that's always been, like, a thing with them. Uh, baseball, it was relatively, like, a new thing. I think, in my mind, it, it really didn't take effect until the Royals came into play because then you finally saw, like, small market teams really had a chance again. Yeah. And um and I think a lot of people don't understand like it's been a slow turn to get this league even like to get it to where the Yankees the Red Sox the Cubs or the big spenders won't just run away with it and so when you look at this Yankees team like they're earning that shit like they they're not as big a spenders as they used to be because if they were they'd have Shohei and everybody else that you could name but they don't they don't sign off on those people like they used to so it's to me as a fan is more satisfying to see the league in the state that is in right now where the teams at the top I know are really working towards that like they've got more homegrown people on their rosters um how do you guys feel about that competition wise I was gonna say I think I was gonna say I think that's a big part of why Madden and Girardi like you talked about earlier part of why they got fired as well like when your owner is paying that much in a luxury tax Mm -hmm. there's expectations on you you know what I mean they expect you to win games like I'm not paying you know an extra 50 million dollars for you to be under 500 yeah no i i completely agree with that you know and i i do i think the game is a better game it's kind of both ways right the game's better when the historical teams are good right you want the yankees and and those teams to be competitive so it's good it's also better when they're earning it like they are this year like you said but then we have the other side of it you know with the orioles and oakland who just don't even put the money out and it's maddening for for lack of a better word you know to see teams that just don't want to compete yeah i wonder if they i've wondered out loud seriously if they're gonna like try to enforce some things to keep people from like slowly like a tank in baseball is awful like it's a long it's it's too long like if you take it, there's only really take, been one semi-successful one. Houston was somewhat successful, but yeah. they had to cheat to do it. Yeah, like I don't, I don't want you tanking in a sport that's like six months long, man. Like, give me something. Like, try. And, and well, even and it's, worse, also, it's not like the like, NBA where you're going to bring in a guy that's going to help you next year. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, like, a lot of times, like you see it with Labor Torres. Glaber Torres came up and he was amazing. And two, three years later, he's a 700 OPS guy. Like you, like baseball is such a fickle sport, man. Where like guys oh, come man. up and they play, they play a hundred games and they look amazing. And then pitchers figure them out and they don't make the adjustments. And then right. they're a 220 hitter and a 700 OPS guy for the rest of their career. Yeah, I mean, look, the Astros. I mean, when they always... started their tank, tanked for Mark Appel. 
which, you know, I mean, he ended up washing out. Like they got lucky he didn't sign and they were able to come out and get like Bregman and the likes of some of those guys. But even then you're waiting years for these guys mm-hmm. to, to make the show. All right. So we're closing out. We're closing out. Give me a series to watch. Oh man. I don't even, I haven't even looked. I, mean, I know it just, I, I was going to say, I don't have a series to watch, but I've got, uh, I've got this my, my stat of the day or stat of the week or whatever you want to call it. Um, for the casual fan who who might look at Yadier Molina's stats and go, oh, that guy, how's this guy considered to be a Hall of Famer? Since Yadier made his debut in 2005, the Cardinals has given up 882 stolen bases. No other team in the league has given up less than 1,300. That's crazy. That's that is impressive. Like the, those are the kind of things when, that don't show up on the box sheet every day. And you don't see when you look at the, the baseball reference page. Like, But it, it's those little things that when you actually get in there and you start watching the games, you go, oh, this dude knows what's going on. This dude's really good. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, for me, I guess, you know, kind of talking about this week is, you know, we've been talking about the Yankees and, and where they're at. And we have to, right? They're 44 and what, 16, something like that right mm-hmm. now. And I mean, this week they have Tampa Bay and Toronto. Like that's going to be, you know, this is kind of the week, right? They, they have both of them. I think they're both, are they at home for both series? Um, I see them at home for Tampa Bay. Let and me go to Toronto. Okay. You know, but I mean, that's going to be kind of, you know, that's, I don't want to say it's the benchmark because clearly they've, they've shown they can beat anyone in the league this year, but this is, this is that chance where they can really put a stranglehold on the American league East. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've got the raise again right after Toronto as well. They go yeah. they leave Toronto and go to Tampa. So okay. three straight series, like if they can, yeah, they can really put some teams away here. Like Boston's played better. Um, Boston really has played better, but I just don't think Boston has the pitching. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like their bats are going to be up and down. And, and like, while they're hot right now, they're, they're winning a bunch of games, but I think there's going to be another stretch where the bats are down a little bit and they, the pitching's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just looking too, I guess after that Tampa series and they get Houston. So this is going to be a good 10, 10 days to see really where the Yankees, if they can keep this going. Uh, also just want to put out there Malone that I don't know if you recall, but there was one time somebody disrespected Yadier Molina and I literally banished him out the group. I was like, what you're not <laughs> yeah, going to do is, is comment. Like, like we don't have a lot of baseball talk and you're not going to disrespect literally a living. Like, no, like, it's just not going to happen. The, the second best I, defensive I catcher of all the, time. Yeah. I can do without like the randomly three different people posting how he steals a bunch of bases out of nowhere. Oh no, that was a pool. That was pool holes. I'm, I'm yeah. mixing it up. That came out of nowhere a couple weeks ago. Like I was like, the guy just whatever. But I'm mixing up my old Cardinals. Him, I mean, it might have been you guys who sent it to me. Maybe I saw it somewhere else. But the clip of him, uh, it was this year. So basically, the, the this is how much he and how well he, how good he is, and how well he understands situations and knows the game. There's first and third, one out, and so he saw it on the film that the Giants always steal. Like seventy five percent of the time, they steal. The runner on first will steal. Yeah. Uh, they've got he, so literally, he pops up halfway through the pitch, catches it, and throws Jock Peterson out at first base. Like he just he's so good on defense, and it's a, like I said, it's those little things that you won't you won't see that on a box score. If you didn't watch yeah. the game and you just look at the box stat, you won't see that play. But those are the things that make him valuable, and that's like literally, like I said, he's the second best defensive catcher of all time. Yeah, I think you have to you have to put Pudge one, but he's he's right there. Yeah, and you know, yep. not again, not to be sidetracked, but um, after watching the 
uh, Hall of Fame introductions for boxing and then thinking back on all the great athletes I've been able to see in my like 37 years of, of life. I've been lucky and I think we've all kind of been lucky to see a lot of like literally living legends like in their prime. Uh, Yadier, uh, to some extent, will will be that kind of person like he's still an active player, still actively making quality plays at his craft um, mm-hmm. later in his years. Like you have to appreciate those things because when they're gone, then they're gone. Like we're never going to get another Yadier probably anytime soon. Catchers are totally different now. Um, yeah. We, just like we won't get any more Jordans and things like that. Like it's just a different game. Every game has gradually changed. So hell, even Tom Brady, like he's just, I hate him to death, but you have to kind of appreciate these guys who are, aging and still able to play at a high level in their respective craft. Yeah. No, and I think another thing yeah. about Yachty, like that, that uh, the casual fan might not notice or mention is he's like one of the best pitch framers of all time as well. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Which is a lost art. I, I saw something the art. other day. I saw something the other day where I saw a lot of this stuff about Yachty, but, but basically uh, Adam Wainwright's career ARA with and without Yachty is a whole ERA high, whole run higher. Yeah. And, and he's, then, a, he's a 3-4 pitcher with Yachty. He's a 4-4 pitcher without Yachty. Yeah. which is crazy too because they just set the like major league record for most starts combined like as a yeah. battery 324 starts yep. together like, mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah like but that's part of why they, 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 Wainwright's stuck in St. Louis so long because he's like yo this dude is getting me wins and he's getting me out I'm yeah. gonna um I'm gonna check to see what Yadier's like strike call rate is when Angel Hernandez is the umpire, I know somebody <laughs> got a stat there. I'm very curious because we know he can frame pitches. I want to see what it is because I, I I really want to see. And and in my mind, I'm like, it can't be too bad because I feel like Yachty would definitely say something to this dude if he's tripping. Oh, like, man. <laughs> but but uh, hey, fellas, I appreciate you guys coming through. Um, we'll we'll probably be back. Uh, like let's like try to get back to that every two weeks thing. Um, we took a, a little break and then scheduling came up. But it's summer vacation, and two of us here have kids, so hopefully we'll be good <laughs> it's to a go. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Mom, if you ever if you ever want somebody to be a bar back or security, I got a I got a five year old that's willing. Oh, All right, I, I I would say I'll set him up. I will we'll <laughs> definitely get him. We'll set him up. <laughs> All, right. All right, y'all take care. All right, All right guys. Talk to y'all later. All right.